verbal tap fans, I'm skipping through any intro. I'm too excited. <laughs> too excited for today's podcast. The article dropped yesterday. Uh, this is Kevin from Verbal Tap. Rav, how are you? I don't, I don't care. I got to get to this. You, I, I was like, you cannot intro the guest, but you have to intro me, you dick. Oh, that's right. Yes. No, I, every time I was there, I just wanted to get immediately to the article. And Go ahead and I talk gotta, about the article, Kevin. I got to take a step back. Look, yesterday was Christmas morning. An article dropped that has two of my Google alerts, MMA and NBA. Somehow, Raph is the one who found it first, sends it over my way. It's ranking best NBA players for MMA, which is a topic I've tried to force you down many times just because I watch too many NBA playoffs. No. You went out, found the man that wrote the list. Journalist to journalist, would you like to explain that he has one of the coolest sounding podcasts with Protect Your Neck? He's all over the MMA junkie and sports community, um, but I'll let you do the official. I'm, I'm too excited. Yes. So, gents, it's always great whenever we can bring on somebody who is in the journalism community of MMA, also a practitioner as well. That's always great. Um, he's also an avid gambler in terms of yes. wanting to bet on fights, which speaks to my heart because, you know, compulsive gambler to compulsive gambler, there's very few times when I don't feel like betting on something. But this gentleman, he wrote an excellent article. He's been covering things for a bit, but we're happy to bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Dan, Tom. Dan, how are you doing, sir? Oh, great. Thanks for the intro, Raf and Kevin. Great to be on the Verbal Tap podcast. Re really pleasure you guys having me. Thank you. Well, let's see how long that goes for. Kevin, what <laughs> is your checkout because... question as well? <laughs> Because Kevin, when I sent him the article, and we have to be full disclosure here, Kevin's first words weren't of anger. They were of hurt. Kevin, what did you tell me? <laughs> I was I was like, they couldn't have called. I couldn't have had one meeting. And obviously, <laughs> if anyone knows anything about human psychology, I'm like reading the article giddy. I went through videos. I spent, I'd made a meal out of this thing. But my initial reaction was basically jealousy and sadness. I was like... But damn, I wanted to help with this list. So this was a great, Raph could sense it and uh, was like, well, we've got to bring him on. Dan, when you start something like this, where did the idea catch you? We're kind of in between MMA events, but why'd you write it? Well, basically, uh, again, it's just for fun and kind of like you guys tipped off, uh, you know, in some pre-talk here, um, just, you know, peeling back the curtain. Yeah, we're, we're all trying to find some content in these weird uh, COVID times, I dare say the hot word there. But I also, you know, prior to these things, I do have a segment along with my analysis because, again, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a compulsive uh, uh, gambler analyst. I wouldn't consider myself a journalist. There are there are journalists. Uh, there are some journalists in this uh, in this space, and they definitely, uh, you know, uh, deserve more respect than me. But if if you like, you know, that that kind of analysis talk and whatnot, yeah, that's that's what I specialize in. But yes, back to your question, I did have an ongoing segment called "How Are They Doing MMA?" The first installment. Um, again, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm greedy, guys. I'm going for childhood favorites. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to find ways I can find stuff I would be doing anyways, like revisiting <laughs> old NBA footage or watching old Van Damme movies. And let's try to make it some work. And uh, I got some good responses from kind of ranking the cast of Bloodsport, um, you know, one of the first quote-unquote mixed martial arts films, if you will. And I'm like, you know what? With The Last Dance, I'm getting caught up in my 90s nostalgia. You know, I'm a, I, I, I believe I was born in the same year, I dare say, as Kevin is 1985. So, you know, oh, this was a great year. This was a bit just a great year. 
and th- this was a peak for me, guys, because just real quick, uh, you know, as far as my background, um, even, you know, before slash during, but even technically before I, I got into martial arts, I grew up on two things. That was boxing. Um, some of my first memories is like, uh, you know, like uh, Meldrick Taylor, Julio Cesar Chavez and basketball. Some of my first memories, John Paxton hitting a crucial shot against uh, Lakers in, the, uh, in 91. Um, but my grandma, who is not your, your typical grandma, not your typical old lady, not your typical old Asian lady, guys. Um, she actually ran a, a business called Scenic Air Tours and was very successful in Hawaii. But on the side, she would run a. Uh, Illegal blackjack games, which me and my nephews, we would shuffle the decks, set the tables to kind of Hell get our allowance, yeah. right? Yeah. Scrap the podcast. It's now about your grandma. She, watch, she was all about basketball, uh, uh, both college and pro, but mainly pro. And she would have a, a telephone next to her, a notepad, and one of those old school, like not typewriters, but those calculator punchers. And she would take <laughs> bets, of course, just from people in the community. And I grew up in that room watching sports and watching her um take money and take bets and of course if she's a basketball fan by the way she's a savage this old lady her her, her favorite basketball player was bill lambeer which which tells you something like and, and she still got it she's like the nero from casino i'm back in hawaii to cover bell tour last year and i don't know shit about football guys i'll be clear and she's like i'm telling you i i, I already bet futures on mahomes mahomes is my guy and sure enough, uh, who takes it last year? So she's a savage or whatever. I'm just watching as an ignorant kid and arbitrary. I should have been looking at Michael Jordan, the best player on the court. Perhaps it's the uh, alliteration of threes, but I, I, I'm drawn to number 33, which is a great name, a number in basketball, as you guys know, for many players. And uh, Scottie Pippen became my guy. And and whether we're talking about fights or sports, I'm always drawn to the utility players like in basketball or a well-rounded fighter because those people, it takes a lot of skill and you don't get a lot of credit. And uh, so, yeah, I credit that 90s Bulls run and basketball in short to kind of how I got my my uh, got into, you know, analyzing sports in the first place. Well, first of all, we're going to need to get your grandmother's contact information after this if she does podcasts. Mm-hmm. She sounds like easily <laughs> uh, the most interesting guest we would have had, I don't know, ever. And frankly, yeah, we've been looking for someone average. to replace me on the podcast anyway. Finally, <laughs> sounds like we finally found someone. But the I'm having flashbacks to like 94 Knicks. My dad was a Knicks fan. So oh, super, yeah. super brutal. But when we're talking about the obsession we kind of all have and it sounds like you have it as well and it sounds like you were you were raised with it when you are constantly looking at the betting lines and the next matchup and whatever's going on when that's gone you suddenly have all this time to fill and that's when you start binge watching 10 episodes of the dance and we're going to get to the fact that you don't have michael jordan on your top 15 don't worry fans we're gonna yep the cross x is ready before that, Raph likes to get to know the guest. Still against it. <laughs> want it. Want it publicly recorded. But how do you get into fighting and the MMA world? We're kind of always curious as to jujitsu nerds that found it through somehow like a lack of speech competition and <laughs> turned to jujitsu. But what's your, your story in that world? Well, thankfully, before I found out that I wasn't going to be as tall as most of my friends growing up and that the basketball coaches weren't looking my way, thankfully, I already dived into martial arts um, that, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a mixed kid. I'm, 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 I'm half of a couple Asians and a half of a couple Caucasians to just keep things simple. But, uh, but yeah, I guess I, 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 you could say I went more toward the, uh, the Asian influence there, got into traditional martial arts, you know, the gateway drug in the nineties, right. was Taekwondo. Um, 
not not Rex Kwando, thankfully. And you know, uh, <laughs> although I don't count the black belt because I don't believe any black belts should really be awarded before you're 18. For what it's worth, I did compete and on a regional and national level. You know, my my parents would drive me to the, turn- the uh, my mom at least would drive me to the tournaments uh, around the, around this part of the country. So I, I really got into it for what that's worth. And from there, found a. Uh, Chinese Kempo, which was a Shaolin Kung Fu base, but you wore the gi because it was more Americanized. Um, these later turned on, I don't know how they, they've done since, but they later turned into what they were called United Studios of Self-Defense. Uh, I think they originated in Massachusetts on the East Coast. They made their over to the West Coast throughout the 90s in that kind of karate run. They were one of the biggest organizations, so big, in fact, they got uh, connections, one of the first to establish connections with the Shaolin Temple, who, because long story short, I'll save you guys the politics in China, they had some rent to pay and they're not exactly as kind for religious and taxes and write-offs. Um, so the, the monks you saw, they actually did like a traveling tour through Vegas. Uh, they actually ended up coming here, ironically enough. But uh, through my uh, affiliation with that martial arts um, company, which I, 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 I did achieve the black belt in that one, I actually went over to China twice, the second time to get it even though we didn't actually get the ranks because the, you know, the, they're not handing any belts over there on Shaolin Temple ground after what the Japanese had done to the Chinese, both in martial arts and, and history. Again, not trying to dive into that whole folks, just trying to sum it up. And yeah, I really, I needless to say, traveled uh, everywhere I could um, to get that knowledge and, um, you know, got away from it, got into punk rock, got a bunch of tattoos, was in a band for a while, fell out for a second but uh, ended up working with a dude uh, named Mike Moss who trained with uh, Gina Carano under Master Tati, uh, uh, which was, was a famous Muay Thai teacher out here. And I got into Muay Thai because I always loved Muay Thai from back in the day. It was getting popularized now with mixed martial arts. And through Muay Thai and getting, ba- uh, getting back into mixed martial arts, I actually got back into MMA, signed up Extreme Couture's about a year and a half after it opened in 2007 or so. And was treated by, you know, being able to see a lot of people come through those ranks. Got to train under guys like Robert Drysdale, uh, who, now, who now has his own uh, school out here. Um, catch wrestling coaches who I reference, like uh, Neil Melanson, as well as coaches who are sadly no longer with us, uh, like Sean Tompkins, albeit briefly. And a better connection with the late, great uh, Robert Fallis, who's probably more familiar to uh, to your listeners. Um, and, yeah, I... I, I, I I don't really, uh, I, I think I'm technically unranked in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but I have a purple stripe and catch wrestling under Neil, which is the equivalent to a purple belt. And even me being self-deprecating, um, I, I will agree with that uh, as far as my grappling level. But as far as that, man, that's pretty much my martial arts uh, experience. I competed in everything under the sun. Only amateur MMA, I lost a three-round decision to Marvin Eastman's son. And in camp for my second fight, um, I got my umpteenth concussion. But the point was it was a bad one, which is why I wear these hipster glasses, if you see me on the junkie videos. And uh, and that's how actually why I'm in, in media now, guys, and why I don't claim to be a journalist, like I said, off the top. I got into this by accident. I was going crazy. I could no longer be on the mats. I could no longer fight, compete the way I wanted to. And Robert Fallis, who I mentioned, said, you you need to, why don't you break stuff down? You know, you've taught classes here at Extreme Couture before. You're a much better teacher than I was a competitor. And sure enough, I did it on a website. And that website and that blog got attention. And, and next thing you know, I got jobs. And now I'm working for Junkie. Sorry to ramble there, guys, but that's the uh, history. That's all right. We'll pull you back in. Now, you don't really get to say who's a journalist and who's not, um, <laughs> unfortunately. <forgot>. Because <laughs> that is forgot. It's more so... 
I'll, I'll, I'll start with this question over to you. Dan, do you see the types of people we call journalists in our sport? It's not, you know, the high barometer that we have. <laughs> yes. So, you know, and it's fun because every once in a while, people will be like, Raph, what are your thoughts on journalism? You're a journalist. And I'm like, you know, I'm a host and I have ideas and policies that I follow. But part of the beauty of being a host on a podcast is you can make or break some of those things. And so I think that's kind of a fun aspect to do. But you, sir, you publish articles on MMA Junkie, a very, very reputable site. I like reading their stuff. But Kev, I guess the issue is here. From our perspective, you have a lot of experience. Are The one thing that caught me that concerns me that I have to ask about is, are you unable to train right now in jiu-jitsu? Um, as far as health-wise or what's going on in the world? Nah, nah, health-wise. Because uh, I know once we all get back, we're back. Because I, uh, when you mentioned that you haven't been able to go back to the mats, and I was like, oh, shit, is that for everything, including jiu-jitsu? Yeah, I, I can. I've gotten to the as far as uh, um, you know concussion stuff. In fact, only recently, like last week, I've, I kind of had a bit of an episode where I was feeling some some symptoms of it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really rare these days, to be honest. Um, the only thing that was keeping me off the mats prior was a joint and a torn rotator cuff issue that I'm getting getting better from. So I'm hoping to actually get back on the mats when like everybody else does. I'm guessing. Good man. Okay, Th that's for my own. Like, oh shit, no, I want you to be able to train, my friend. I know it's, how it drives us crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it okay. sounds like you've got so, a whole just smorgasbord of martial arts background, which is always fun. You're in that range before. I mean, people that start now, it's it's very clear, and I think it's very well known. But it's an interesting journey, I, Raph. I don't have nearly as many good gone to China to get a black belt stories. I got to work mm -hmm. on it. I've got that in my game. Well, tr traditional martial arts, you know, uh, obviously is less weighted now. We've kind of seen that transition, but that kind of parlays into the basketball discussion because. You know, being it, it was kind of cool to be able to see, for example, that 90s karate craze going into what, what we talk about now, right, guys, which is the MMA craze. Mm -hmm. And um, keep, in keeping with the parallel of basketball here, you could argue that, you know, there are similar things, a, a lot of similar uh, uh, trade offs in their own different ways as far as things evolving. All right. So now we've got the background to you. We know a little bit about the person we're going to be asking some questions in regards to this list. Kev, what is your summarization of his list? There are 15 athletes that he said could fare well, or at least analyzes how they would fare in the world of mixed martial arts. Yeah. Well, first the list and every time you're wanting to have a fun argument like this, it has to start with somewhere. So the hardest right. part is always the list creator, but I want to, that's why I want to start by bridging. Cause obviously we we've got, I've got some Jordan. I have a Russell Westbrook question. Oh, yeah, um, okay. We're definitely going to talk a little Ben Wallace as 90s yes, kids. Yes, totally, but yes. I want to give the list three shout-outs first, draft because these stood out to me, and I even said it to you. Number 15, Larry Johnson. I don't know why. I don't know how. But if I were ranking, that's exactly where he'd be. A little okay. too nice to be in the top 14, but just too physically <laughs> imposing and spent too much time in Vegas not to be on the list. <laughs> So huge <laughs> shout out to the the LJ, the uh, Vegas touch. The second is DJ Banga. I I believe the M silent. I thought I believe yes. they called it. Yeah, and this is a huge reach because if you're looking at this list, you're like, I know every one of the who the fuck is number six? Who is DJ <laughs> yeah. Banga? It sounds like um someone that would be a a hip hop artist now, like Pitbull, <laughs> but. 
the reason he's number six is the best reason anyone has ever had a reason for being this. It's an effing black belt in judo. And mm-hmm. I have to agree. That gives you an early... We haven't had a lot of black belts in a real martial art. Sorry, real martial art. In a judo-type <laughs> martial art in the NBA. That one's hey, great. And not to sidetrack you or anything like that, just a quick add-in. I will say, yes, also because if we were taking this list seriously, which hopefully people – I saw some people take this list way too seriously, first of all. So hopefully you didn't take it too seriously. No, I'm not saying it as a cop-out, just, just being real. But if we were to take it somewhat seriously, guys, what would be the criticism, regardless of who you make an argument for? The, the, the gaping hole would be the ground game. So, again, having a black belt in a ground art kind of – will put you head and head and shoulders against the potential of others. But sorry, go on. <laughs> Especially judo. It's like, it'll knock your breath out. It's like, we're not just talking about a wrestler. It's not just going to suck. Like, it's definitely going to hurt on the way down. <laughs> uh, last, and Raph, this one just um, really spoke to me as a uh, Willis Reed in the number one spot. <laughs> you gotta, you just gotta give points I don't believe I believe these lists serve two purposes. One just as a fun launch pad for Twitter to apparently take it too seriously, though that doesn't sound like Twitter to me. But the <laughs> second is to educate the kids out there. And if you yes. didn't know yes. who Willis Reed is, you don't know like what a train of a man he was. Uh so good good early model for Oakley, who's obviously on this list, but those were the three things that stood out to me as dead on the money. I, I, I love it. And before you go on and feel free to uh, launch any complaints and, and, and we'll, we'll talk about it, but I just want to add on real quick. Cause you said it as far as you, uh, with, with Willis Reed, not so much the selection, although you obviously appreciate it, but more so kind of educating the kids, whether it's about our generation or the generation that came before us. Like I, I hate to sound like an old guy, but like this was pre-internet days when I, I, you know, I had to wait for the TV guide guys in a Sunday paper with my highlighter. <laughs> Thankfully, we got WGN, so I got all the bulls. Uh, I got all the bulls uh, stuff highlighted for my week. But what I would also do is I would take my own stats because, again, I was such a Pippin fan, and I was like, they're underrated. They're not giving them enough credit. So I would actually purposely take stats and compare the next morning. And I always found that Pippin, on average, would be missing stats if something was wrong, and Jordan, on average would be gaining stats if something was wrong. That's kind of beyond the point there. But the point <laughs> was, but the, but the point was to find out about the old school Celtics or the old school Knicks and the, these legendary teams. Like you couldn't just go on YouTube back then in the 90s. Yeah. You had to watch the you had to stay up late, wait for the NBA classics to come on if you, you were lucky enough to have the channel. Um and I don't think it was like a crazy like dish channel or anything, but it was a cable channel that you had to pay for and you had to go and watch these like almost like, you know, series play out. Um, so, yeah, man, like that, that was a big part of my list as far as and we'll talk about it as far as why certain guys made it as and why it's probably more centric to the 80s and 90s um, it, it is because people don't you know, I, I was worried that people don't realize um, a, a certain playing of basketball and perhaps we'll touch about it when, when we get to Larry Bird. But I was like, again, you don't have to think Larry. I'm not saying Larry Bird's a badass so that he would wipe out an MMA division. That's not what I'm saying. But for people not realizing that, like, Larry Bird fist fought more than your favorite player of today, kids. I don't. A lot. Like, do you, like, like, like stop, stop a lot. There's stop a category the here. How many you know? fights were you in has to be yes. a category. Just oh, that to. was a huge. 
as you can tell, how well you play defense and how well you fo- – and did you actually fight? Seems to be a common thread, right, guys? I mean, yeah. there's a lot of Lakers love as far as the pictures. I did that, notice. The shows, I noticed but the Lakers love. I tried to just I'm okay past with it. it. I'm uh, just fine with that. Well, for, for me, I'm more of an East Coast guy, whether we're talking about hip-hop, basketball, or whatever. So for me, like the heart of the list was East Coast power forwards, defenders, like – or you actually got in fights on the basketball court. The Lakers common thread, um, albeit, you know, there's probably technically four Lakers on there if, if you're going by my book. Uh, we won't, we don't have to get into that divvying math right now. But the Lakers common thread that was interesting is they actually had the most martial artists. So if you had a martial artist or ties to a martial artist, uh, you probably made the list. Like there was one guy actually who almost didn't, uh, forgive me his name, the Canadian guy. Was it Chad Murray? Uh, I forget, but uh, him and Kareem will be the two guys that will actually come up with the most um, Bruce Lee quotes next to Kobe, which I tried to include to justify that I wasn't just putting his name in there to put his name in there. I appreciate that. And here's what I'm going to say as the resident uh, Los Angeles sports guy. I would tell you this checks out. I have some questions. I will go and circle on the first, which is for somebody who loves Scottie Pippen so much, not on this list. Did he have a migraine? Is that what you <laughs> Did you dock him yeah, points Scotty. for toughness? Give yeah. it to us. Well, you know, you know, the, the, the fight promoters would have loved Scotty because he would he would have been he would have been on that contender series uh, pay as a champion. You know, like he he would have been making, he would have been making contender series paydays as like a, as a double champ. Poor Scotty. Uh, so great point uh, there. But no, uh, one one thing I tend to do, which we could talk about with the Michael, if you want to lead into this too. I try to, and, and this is a bad habit from my days of coaching martial arts. Uh, if I really like a student or I really like a player, I'm going to grade them on a higher curve. It's not right. I'm not saying people should do it. I'm not saying I'm right by doing it, guys. I'm just being honest and transparent um, as to my process. And that was kind of the process here. And he has some really badass moments. Like I credit you know, his dunk over Ewing. Apologies um, to your father who's a Knicks fan. But that dunk over in 94, no less, uh, but that dunk over Ewing, I, I say it on Twitter all the time. It's it's the NBA equivalent to a Mark Hunt walk off KO, and especially <laughs> with the with the addition of what he does to Spike after. Like, yes, in 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 basketball terms, that could earn him on the list. And if someone else was doing all this list, I would be secretly, you know, back to what you were saying, Kevin, making a party of it. I would be hoping that you know I would see Scotty on the list. Um, so yeah, I great guess reach, answer, you know. Great reach, just really good hand-eye, fantastic defense. There's a case to be made. Now, yeah, overachiever. He's an overachiever for sure. Champ, you look at him he as a freaking champ. ball boy. They called him the equipment manager, which was kind. He was a ball boy, folks, <laughs> and he, now he's one of the greatest players. The man some respect. Now, if we're talking on stuff that we can actually compare in terms of martial arts, you have Shaq at 10, and Charles Barkley at seven. Do you need some inside the NBA footage that we can hook you up with? Because I don't Uh-oh. know if you've seen those two grapple before. It's ugly. But, ooh, <laughs> ooh, I don't know that Charles Barkley's getting the best of them. Well, it's hard. Barkley hit like this soft curve, right? Both personally and in his playing curve, right? Um, and and you, maybe it goes to back injuries, although that doesn't, you know, there's probably some head injuries with the shit that he's been saying on the mic since before sure. he stopped playing basketball. But you guys get what I'm talking about. And it was kind of weird. I think they used like a Rockets photo, and I was worried they were going to use a Suns photo. But <laughs> if you read it, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about 76ers Barkley, if, if you notice. I'm specifically going out of my way to cite and link fights to that team because – 
Um, you know, perhaps we'll get to it on why like certain guys like Ben Wallace don't get reached. When I'm doing the which who was on the who was on my list for what it's worth as far as my notes. If I were to show you my notes, I have a uh, you'll you'll get a chance because I have the six snubs. I rank okay, them, cool. and Very I'm cool. curious if you uh, think it's fair if you have anyone else that's missed. Because before we get to the six snubs, because I think that's yes. going to be the fun. I, I'll throw some questions at you about the actual order, which we're already Raf's already hit the big one with Shaq credits his nba game to mma which i don't know i think that's shaq just kind of talking to be shaq uh i, I don't know which one I, I was it was you kevin i i sent some lakers hatership and me and Correct. you it's funny it's like I, I i only hate the the shaq iteration of the lakers you know um and really the only other player besides shaq i had a problem with was was rick fox who seemed like his only job was to get in the fight get in the fights with us a, a portland trailblazer scotty pippen neither here nor there um but uh I think that Shaq just being Shaq, I'm not, as I kind of alluded to in the article, uh, I'm not a big Shaq fan. And I just think that's a lot of it is is machismo. Um, Whether you look at him, quote unquote, angry, throwing that sucker punch at Brad Miller, which, and I'm not saying Brad Miller didn't deserve it. We, that's a whole nother conversation, but I'm just saying for the clip and the punch itself, if we're talking about martial artists, um, even just with the grappling, if you go and watch the the video I linked, you know the more recent footage him grappling with Forrest Griffin, and like calling Griffin the strongest man he's ever faced, like he, he it's pretty much what I suspected um, a, as a kid, and 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 even though I was a stupid kid, I suspected money's going to ruin the NBA, which was true. Um, the LA LA had some worse work working for him in the early 2000s, which was true. Don't tell me Tim Don he was the only mobbed up fucking ref. And uh, another <laughs> thing that was true was that you put people at the same size as Shaq, they're gonna walk all over him. Shaq has that turnaround jumper to the right side, which is an impressive shot off the baseline. But what the fuck else does he hit besides on, on that at that distance aside from the occasional free throw? Um, and, and a lot of Sha- a lot of Shaq <laughs> hates coming out at me, and I apologize. But the point the point is the point is uh, when you know you talk about the Charles Barkley I also linked that in his article, um, it links to both just both Charles and Shaq kind of you know showing some really uncomfortable Chinese racism especially today in today's uh, specs um, going going back to the nineties I'm like okay well, I didn't remember that but like it but the more the more prevalent point was what well, what happened when Shaq faced a rookie Yao Ming who. You know, body gave out on him, so it's kind of unfair to judge his career. But by the standards and pressures set by an enormous country, there was a big standard set on the guy. And you can argue that he underperformed in many areas. Yet, for whatever reason, he averaged his best statistics in multiple columns against one of the. And Shaq is one of the greatest folks. I Don't like this. This is my Shaq favorite is of your hot greatest. takes so far. He, he Yao Ming was better than Shaq. Is my he favorite. Aver- <laughs> he averaged better than his average statistics. Ag- specifically against one player, which is kind of an anomaly from a statistical standpoint alone. Forget who we're comparing here, guys. But the fact that he did that against Shaq, now obviously we can go into games, careers, and yes, Shaq's going to trounce in so many categories. I'm not denying that. But the point was, what was Shaq's explanation? If, if it wasn't a big deal, why was Shaq so shooken up? Because A, he certainly was. And B, with another point you can't deny, B, what was his excuse for it? He was so big. Oh, the guy that like uses his size throughout life, not just being an athlete, but a big guy, like having the the, the way paved for you. Your your precious ego could not take uh, you know, being challenged by a rookie who you should have well, been wiped first the of all, Shaq's gauge was a little empty on diesel at that time. True. We yes. all understand yes. that. But number yeah. two, I would go ahead and counterpoint that with have you seen him as a rapping genie? 
Oh, jeez. No. Feet, uh, his feet are there. light. They're just that light. <laughs> just light. True. And second of all, the man is steel. Like, <laughs> there is video evidence of him being steel. So he fought crime. I thought that was another way to judge part of his form that I just felt was Stage over- combat, yeah. right? Stage combat's important. It's very important, Kevin. Well, I have a question for both of you. Raph, because one of the things I was looking at this list, I was like, which NBA player is going to be the most mad about their ranking? And I, because I can see an argument, <laughs> which is why they're on this list. But Raph, I, Raph, who do you think's the maddest about their position? And that's a great question. I have one on mine, and then I'll go to Dan. But Raph, you want to lead us off? Uh, I was saying it was LeBron, because LeBron's probably uh, sitting here right now okay. and thinking like, God damn it. You guys can't even just respect the greatness that you're seeing right now. I have King in front of my name. You know the other person who has King? Gordon Ryan. We're one and the same. Put me higher. LeBron's an interesting. It's going to be a really passive-aggressive Instagram post if it does come out. I would think LeBron. I didn't. I wasn't thinking LeBron, but now that you mention it, I would also say LeBron would be upset that because all the Jordan talk and he's probably – I'm guessing uh, along the gen pop is, is losing that just because of, I don't want to say recency bias because he's the more recent and relevant player, obviously. But like, you know, he's has, he has to deal with that in other words. And now he's got to see Kobe ranked a slot above him too. Like, come, well, is he going to get any love in his well, eyes? Who's yours, well, Dan? Uh, you wrote the, the list. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, for me, you know, in researching this list, somebody wrote on their list, which of course was not my take. I have my own takes, but their take was, uh, I put Bill Lambeer on the list for fear that he would find me. Well, I'll tell you this, because I thought of this question, which parlays into this answer, is it's going to be Charles Oakley, because out of everybody, and there are some young guys on here, like LeBron, or you know, DJ Benga is still young enough to be banging, right? You know, Look at that athletic specimen. Charles Oakley is the only guy who turns old and is still scary. Like I referenced, like he's still getting in altercations in the garden. Like it, it, as recently as, as, as 2017. Guys, that's roughly a 30-year span of getting into fights in the garden. And that's just the ones we know about. Charles Oakley terrifies me, guys. Oakley is a mother. Oakley, I have so much of everybody I researched too, by the way, guys. My respect gained most for Oakley out of all this research. I, I am such a fucking Charles Oakley fan uh, now. Not that I wasn't a fan before, but yeah. I think yeah, I think it's the Oak too, but I want to make an argument for Dennis Rodman, and there's only one reason. Mm. Raph, would you like to inform the public yeah, about like what he spent his him. spare time doing? Well, you know what's great? Not only was it Carmen Electra, but <laughs> it's the fact that I, I think there's nothing funnier than looking at a Michael Jordan documentary and going, wow, Carmen Electra made it in this. Jesus. And she's excellent. Time. Wow. And she's great. great. She's more valuable in that documentary than Justin Timberlake ever had business being in it. So get the fuck out of here, JT. But I'll tell you, <laughs> the one thing that I will say about your Dennis Rodman pick it's maybe a little low, and I think it's because you're overlooking his clear use of NWO practices. I believe <laughs> his use of the diamond cutter is steps above most people. Not only does it show good offense, but it can be hit from anywhere. More importantly, he has a couple wins under his belt with the NWO. So I'm just saying, think about your posse that you've got backing you up too. This man rode deep. And uh, there's nobody better than Hollywood Hulk Hogan that's going to show you the ropes on how to be a bad guy. I also, Biggest heel turn of all time. Great point. Great I'll add point, a psychological man. factor. For yeah. fighters, sometimes that weirdness, like when they would color their hair or just do like paint their nails, 
Can you imagine what that mother effer is going to show up to the cage in? I can't. I honestly don't know. It might be an Kev, 80s leotard. It might be a wedding dress. Fighter to show up walking down the aisle in the wedding dress. He would lick someone the if they were yeah. on the ground. He just would. You guys think Melvin Gillard was a Rodman fan? <laughs> I do, actually. Yeah. Is, is, was, and will be. <laughs> I saw that Asanya died his hair too recently, but I'm glad you guys picked up on the showmanship stuff. And you know what, Raph? I actually wanted to put a better shout in there for the pro wrestling. But yeah, no, man, I remember watching that. Like, I was really lucky. I'm like, man, the time I was following basketball the most was the 90s and this quote unquote Bulls era. I don't, I'll let the 80s people, if they want to consider that their golden era, I'm not going to fight them on it. But but I also was able to watch WCW and WWF during these times, um, which I'm not a huge pro wrestling guy. I don't hate it, but uh, I just don't follow it for the last 10 to 20 years. But I did watch hardcore at that time. So it was kind of crazy. Like I picked the two two like right things to follow that kind of coincided <laughs> for a brief second. That was awesome. I just love the fact that when they then get to Carmen Electra's story, you go, there she is. Good for her. <laughs> and then they get to that point where they go, yeah, remember when Dennis Rodman had – the moment where he went away to go play with the NWO. And I was like, oh, my God, that's right. I forgot it was like, during the championship. Yes. I, I mean, did forget I that. I remembered it back then. <laughs> but now, looking back 20 years ago, you're just like, holy shit, that's right. He did do that. Can you like, effing imagine you if, like, in Jay, context. Steph Curry is mm-hmm. hanging out at the pro wrestling event in between games four and five? It would be insane. Just well, even just in, even in general, just like even like when they're they're doing their chill airplane rides between you know games one and one and two in the NBA Finals, like you see Jordan all them like smoking, drinking beers, and I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute, like as crazy and degenerate as the athletes and criminal records and all the things you can lob at the people that fight MMA, most of them are like, all right, got a fight sign. Next three months, I'm a I'm a I'm a saint. I'm not touching anything. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And even going back to the boxing days, like I'm not having sex. Like NBA players, you know, for being elite athletes, even in, you know, an age where internet's coming about and whatnot, they really were just rock stars, man. They didn't give a two Fs. Right. Yeah. And okay, I I've got few one more comment about the list before sure. I move please, to my please. my top five. Happiest about their position. And this is easy. It's number eleven, Ron Artest, then Meta World <laughs> Peace, now Meta Stanford Artest. He is the only one that's like, thank God I'm not number one. Because if you haven't, you need to Google Malice in the Palace. This is just a message to the world. He is the only NBA player I have seen outside of someone on my list strike a fan. And not just strike a fan, but start an all-out brawl in Detroit, Indiana. It was bound to happen, but uh, Ron Artest is definitely like, Thanks for uh, keeping me out of the top ten, Dan. Appreciate the image consulting. Whew. Don't even remember that Malice in the Palace thing. Who was that? So that's my uh, happiest about his position. That's an interesting take. I um, Yeah, he was one of those borderline ones, and I kind of reference it. But you, 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 not that I support the Malice in the Palace, but you can't deny that piece of history, right? Um, but, like, you know, you cannot. players like... They've tried. like look, yeah, um, whereas like players like um, 
you know, as volatile like a Latrell Sprewell or something didn't make it, or, or Allen Iverson, who both I considered. And Allen Iverson, man, I went down, like, I ended up watching a documentary about all that pre-stuff before he got into the league. I didn't know anything about that inf- incident. Like, I Googled that bowling alley stuff, and it just depressed me. Like, some of these things, that's another reason why people, spoiler alert, may not make the list, because sometimes their criminal record or the things they went through was just too, it was too real. I'm like, there's not enough, there's not enough uh, uh, fighting outside of this really depressing and racing for you stuff. I'd rather not. <laughs> yeah. Well, without further ado, Raph, okay. may I get to my list? Have Absolutely. I waited long enough? Uh, you do it. You, the floor is yours. Okay. I So I want to give honorable mention to Stephen Thompson, who is called Captain Jack. But if you listen to the NBA podcast, players are petrified of him. He was, he was traded multiple huh? times. That's always a bad sign. Yes. After winning the title in San Antonio, he was traded. That's how much of a... A head case Captain Jack was also a part of the malice in the palace, but he gets just an honorable mention. So here are my top five. Number five to me, this is a potential and a current bodybuild pick Zion Williamson. I I have a clear that guy. Can you imagine if you had to fight in a cage against someone that size? Yeah. Yep, a- athletic potential. He was one of uh, the, uh, you know, the, the names I jotted down when I made the list. Brought at first and started before I started whittling down. Just based on pure athletic potential was was the premise there. Maybe too nice. I don't know. Time. Well, time will tell. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the hard thing. And, and I, I, I won't sidetrack you from the rest of your list here. Just really quickly, I'll just say that was the hard thing when you want to base, uh, you know, putting someone on the list based on their athletic potential. When we're talking about a pool of high level athletes. It gets a little dicey. It's like, you know, well, I kind of already have it covered here with this guy. Well, technically I have it covered with all the guys in a certain way. But, yeah, sorry, go on. But great, great, great shout. Great shout. No, this is exactly – this is my favorite. I mean, you can't make a list unless someone does, which is why this is so damn fun. Um, ben Wallace at number four. We're all 90s kids. I recall him to be the biggest human being I'd ever seen. I can't get out, out. – Sheed's on here. We've got a lot of good Pistons, but I had a specific where I was like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar versus Ben Wallace. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I think Ben Wallace is going to be your be your favorite there. Uh, ben Wallace was probably, I want to say, one of the closest to making this list, if it makes you feel any better. Um, it just, you know, and another thing, you know, is if I could get away with mentioning him, whether it was Rasheed Wallace being a teammate uh, involvement with Ron Artest, the Malice in the Palace, who was on the oh, list. Oh yeah, Sheed was the there fact, too. Right, or or the fact that he was uh, mentored, which I do mention, um, which is the only shout I was able to give Ben Wallace, mentored by Charles Oakley, who is the, the motherfucker of motherfuckers, right? Um, that's kind of what got him off the list as far as when I had really had to split hairs. Uh, and then also, you look at it again. What's the common thread here, guys? Our defensive players. Well, what is Ben Wallace's strongest standpoint? I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Four-time Defensive Player of the Year. Well, again, I already had that box checked off with the campaign Matumbo, who also has a four-time Defensive Player of the Year, as well as upwards of 25-plus recorded injuries with his elbow. So obviously, Matumbo, based on respect elder age and some elbow injuries he's gonna get the bump you know what i'm saying so i'm not saying you got to agree with it because ben wallace is a is a great shout and he almost made my list i'm just explaining that was the thought process behind uh him and a lot of guys ben wallace is uh for the kids out there he's like dwayne way dwayne dwight howard without any of the whining basically uh, scary guy scary. much larger arms 
<laughs> that's if you played if you played NBA 2K like the Kobe version, you always would go with the Pistons just so you could have Ben Wallace's defense. <laughs> yes, so uh, game shout out. This one's third on my list. Also, person that's gotten into some altercations with fans, Russell Westbrook. He came up on the list as well with Zion. I think I, I think I picked like there were. I can't remember which was first, but when I was kind of on that athlete train, uh, train of thought, so to speak, as far as guys with athletic potential, well, not just athletic potential, uh, explosiveness. Uh, whether it be explosiveness to on or off the court, right? I was going to say, in, does, in that case, does he's meanness... definitely right up there, man. But uh, he, again, I'm, I'm I'm already getting guys like, you know, from from name value like LeBron and Kobe, particularly LeBron, who really there's no defense of putting LeBron there besides his athletic potential, which I I tried to explain a little bit more in his early career what he could have done and was scouted for. Um, so that was kind of I, I kind of used my my uh, LeBron for like a cop out if I'm just going strictly toward athletic potential because maybe it's I'm a hipster guys or I'm a martial artist at heart. I, I just felt like if it was a cop out, if I just start picking the most muscly impressive guys and obviously Westbrook, Ben Wallace, much more than, than, than those descriptions. I'm not trying to so uh, take a shot at them. I'm just saying, you know, if, if, if I'm having to split hairs, you know, that's I'm not saying you had to agree with it, but yeah, that, that was the process. Well, Russell had a factor that I like to ask Raph, how much do, should I factor in hatred of the media? into a player's if they it's really hard to hate say. the media are we talking like okay so are we talking prime or are we talking right now we're because... talking right now that's this is the westbrook angle mm. i was like has would kick a fan um has definitely like straight up only gotten to fisticuffs with a utah racist and um hates the media won't talk to I'm them despises thinking, them and is super mean if you're calling a bookie say you're calling dan grandma right now and she asks well how much do they hate the media i'm thinking how much is that going to play into the betting line yeah so it, it's tough kev i, I don't know that it's going to get you anywhere but it could also be the fuel that if you can't hit the fan that it makes you even matter well you <laughs> and i i just tried to factor in anger towards freedom of speech as one of my Fair. categories the number this one <laughs> this one's gonna make oak proud i have anthony mason number two on my list yes silent yes. assassin mean as hell and prepared to go to jail over a rebound i think anthony mason was was probably number one and ben wallace was number two if i'm like having to rank the honorable mentions as far nice. as in line Nice. Uh, for, for whatever that's worth. Uh, again, you don't got to forgive me or, or agree, but that, that's <laughs> that's where I had it. And with Anthony Mason, too, you know, again, I was going to have a chance to mention it with him with Rodman because one of his most memorable ones is, you know, he's, he's been in some tussles, but that that, that chokehold for me, at least, in my era of, of fandom, obviously, Kev, it's going to be – it was in my mind, so I wanted to give that a shout. And I think he comes up in other um, – you know, in other altercations or other people's highlight reels uh, as well, uh, whether, it, you know, it's teammates or opposition, like you mentioned Oakley and whatnot. So, yeah, uh, it, he barely – I really wanted to throw Mason. Mason and Larry Johnson I was juggling. And if you don't got, you know, Van Gundy handing, hanging on to Morning's leg, uh, perhaps, uh, <laughs> perhaps, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps then, you know, Mason does make it over Johnson in that case. That's, uh, just people – Charles Oakley and Anthony Mason run the same team. That must have been a fun paint to try and head mm. into. Later oh, traded for Larry Johnson, fun fact. So so yep. you probably have yeah. him right on the list here. Number one, easy, Hito Turgaloo. 
You've got to have a European oh, wow. with a yes. sketchy history. I'm joking. It's Jordan. It's Jordan. <laughs> it's easily Jordan. It's not. I, I thought you were going to say George Mirasan next, or like, and then, and then, and then you know, I, I was joking with somebody. Uh, I did a similar one where I was like, you know, I was going to go with Vinny Del Negro, but Darko you know. Milich, done time, super depressed. No, um, I've got to go with Jordan. Now, why, Kevin? Two sport athlete, great hand eye. <laughs> Punch Steve Kerr, which tells me, in addition, if you've punched multiple teammates, if the number one thing your teammates are like, oh, yeah, he'd check you if you need it. It's like, what do you mean check? It's like, you get in fisticuffs. He once broke into a hotel room and dragged number five on the list out of an ecstasy-filled suite dripping with (laughs) kamikazes and, as we've already talked about, high-rate porn stars. That type of bravada has to at least get you, I mean, somewhere in the 14. Kev, can I add one thing that I learned from The Last Dance? And not even learned, but just refreshed in a different way, which is I think the real reason why he would make the list, and this comes to a criteria of, well, what kind of athlete are they? How can you mold them? How can you shape them? More than any of that, I want you to try imagining telling Michael Jordan he couldn't succeed at something. Hey, Charles Barkley's number seven. Where are you at, Pris? He would lose his mind. But I also want to give Dan the Stones Journalism Award of the Year. I don't know if that's an official thing, but it, like sure. during this tornado cloud of Jordan mm-hmm. coverage, I look at all 15, waiting, waiting. And when I got to Willis Reed, I was like, I love this man. I love that Jordan's not on this list. Everyone can go F themselves. He said he was a Scottie Pippen fan up front. He said yep. it. Yep. And uh, so, Dan, you get my Stones Award of the Year. I don't know if, if that makes you feel better. but No, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I did state my Scottie Pippen fandom in front of my profile and also stated I was going to be steering away from my Bulls bias um, in the beginning of the article. But, you know, hey, as a Scottie Pippen fan, or I got to imagine as really any fan of uh, who had the unfortunate fate of going against Jordan, like, did it as much as you know the guy deserves his credit? This last dance has been fun. I am no hater. I, I, I'm not letting somebody like uh, I'm not letting the final cut ruin it for me or anything like that. That being said, hasn't the guy gotten enough credit? We can we can we can give some love to <laughs> other people from historical senses to supporting cast members. Let's let's spread the love around. That's why the Willis Reed was like a fresh left hook to my <laughs> jaw, just of joy. I was like, yes. Yeah, I, I'm also going to tell you the same thing I told Kevin, which is you try telling Jordan that. Like, yes, if you're like, hey, man, point. let's go ahead and circle around to some other people. And Michael Jordan being like, I'm sorry, do they have commercials where they're supposed to be like them? Because uh, <laughs> still me is last time I checked. I just know this. And this is the thing that I laugh so hard about when I'm watching The Last Dance, which is everybody's glamorizing all these things. And then I have this one moment where I go, Ugh. Space Jam really did play a role in all of this. And I will not forgive people on this one thing. I okay. don't like Space Jam. I don't. Yeah. And I love basketball. I love basketball in the 90s. I love the fact that they had elements of things working like that. I thought those were cute cartoons. But an hour and 30 minutes of sucking Michael Jordan's cock is just too much. Like, it yeah. is... I'm in. I can't do it. Like every character development and exposition is just like, no. So now I've had so much fun to tell people when LeBron's going to do it. I go, Oh, good, good. 
another excuse to get on the train of, <laughs> we love you, LeBron. We can't do anything. We can't function without you. And I might tell you this much, though. And, Kev, I haven't said this one publicly. LeBron could actually, possibly, outact Michael Jordan. I think he could actually have a better movie. He has a better director, too. We'll see. He was terrible I, in Trainwreck. He was I, feel, I feel like if this goes through that, um, Raph may end up hating LeBron as much as I hate Shaq after that. I, just listen, dude. Here's Kevin. Kevin will tell you on the show, the trajectory went from, wow, I just, I don't care. Like, LeBron is very talented. Right. But when people tell you, hey, man, you got to like LeBron. I was like, I don't have to. I really I'm with do that. not. And even that. if we're on the same side on a number of things, like he could put a post up and I was like, I agree with his point of view, just not, you know, him. And, and, and on the note of Space Jam and being slash not being a hater, just so people don't think I'm a Jordan hater. Can I tell you my favorite part of Last Dance and why rounding back to why Jordan actually could have been on this list? Mm-hmm. Not just because he's Jordan. Um, was because the competitive part that people rumored or, oh, we're quote-unquote worried. What what are the fans going to think of Jordan when they see this side of him? I love that shit. Unfilter mm. it. Unfilter it. Give it to me raw. Well, um, it's not going to make me, it's not gonna make, me make the guy, uh, like the guy less or more. I just appreciated seeing that understanding. One of my favorite scenes, which is why he had that mind, you know, not just from early career, getting hurt, taking the bumps and showing to be able to come back, going to the weight room, coming back with the vigor. You need that attitude as a fighter. But what I love about that, the, the best part about the Space Jam, obviously the, the movie sucked, but was yeah. that he used it as an excuse to have them built him a whole basketball arena exactly. where he flew guys in. And he and they're like, oh, we get the celebrity basketball. Things are paid for. Like he's he, he's he's dangling wolf tickets over their head while yeah. in reality he's leading them to the slaughter. He's just sitting there scouting them. He's having the games recorded. He's doing homework in the offseason. He's supposed to be shooting a movie and he's plotting to fuck these guys up. Like I, you, how do you not appreciate that? I loved every element of that because I said, like I said, Space Jam as a movie does not really compute for me. Space Jam, the soundtrack, A+. But the issue that I had was it. I was like, uh, just I don't see why this exists. And then to find out all these years later that he was using it for a secret, nebulous sort of reason, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's worth spending, I guess, what, $200 million in investing in a new technology just so he could have a scouting camp? Yeah, sure, why not? Good for you. I would tell you, though, the only thing that you say about the raw and the unfiltered is just the fact that Michael Jordan was producing this well, yeah, makes me go like, okay, dude, I know you probably wouldn't be this forthcoming about some of these things if you didn't have a hand in it. But man, would I love to see someone press a little bit more on some of those ones. Because some of those like plot points, especially when they talk about the him and Kerr fight, at the end they go, and it was just a misunderstanding and, you know, just happened. Well, yeah. <laughs> And and that bullying actually would be another thing that gets him on the list. But you look at it, and he even admits it himself. He's like, I fought the smallest guy on the team. And you're like, wait a minute. When he actually fought, it was the smallest guy on the team. And yeah, he's gotten into some scuffles on the court. But one of the people who, uh, if, if Ben Wallace, uh, who was the other name, Anthony Mason, the top three guys who almost made the list, the other one would be uh, Robert Parrish, 
who is the chief of the Celtics. He's called the chief because he handled himself accordingly. He didn't really act out, which is why he didn't make the list. But I did reference a time where he not only not he knocked out uh, Bill Lambeer pretty much with a hammer fist that I linked in the Bill Lambeer section, yeah. but also um, Parrish's later years when he was an old man in the 90s. I mean, this guy has got, I think, like the record for the longest gameplay. He surpassed Kareem. Um, he was on the Bulls for, for a certain extent of that season where Jordan came back from baseball. And Jordan was doing his things and 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 you know and and doing his barking that, that he normally did that we saw a bit in the documentary. Apparently, did it to Parrish. And there's a story. Parrish stood up and said, uh, "said What did you say?" And and Jordan pretty much said something that you better start playing hard or getting with it. Um, otherwise, I'm going to straighten you out. And Parrish essentially just took another step closer in his face and said, "No, you won't." Mm-hmm. And Jordan didn't do shit. And he walked away and and pretty yeah. much punked him out. So I was like, yeah. Jordan ain't making the list if Parrish ain't making the list. <laughs> a great, great reasoning. I just like the fact that to put this in context, if you've made it this far and you really aren't NBA, bless you. Yes. But it, to let the kids know, it'd be like John Jones going up to Khabib and being like, hey, I want your championship too. And then Khabib going like, send location. And then somebody going like, oh, shit. Uh, can't really be the goat if he doesn't do a double class. Let alone, we're talking double class, go up one. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Whereas a lot of people on the top five, um, you know, would fight guys that are bigger than him and and didn't care. Like uh, like Charles Oakley, who I, I saw an interview recently with him and Scottie Pippen and uh, Michael Rappaport essentially asked them both, like, is there a player that like was stronger than you thought or scarier than you thought? And I can't do it justice, but it Oakley, like not even trying to be cool or tough, just genuine was like, that's like he couldn't compute it. He's like, wait. Somebody stronger or scarier on the court than me? <laughs> no, I've never ran into that. Are you, are you crazy? Like he thought, like he he genuinely couldn't compute the question of being of someone being stronger or scarier than him. He's like, no, that that person doesn't exist. Like Oakley has the mentality of a fighter, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Well, let's start to ask this. We're going to broaden this back up. That was an excellent discussion on the NBA. I want to get your thoughts, man, because obviously we're having the same situation of listen, dude. We want the fights to come back. We don't want people to be dumb. We're conflicted, but you're finding good ways to entertain people. Are there any fights that you're looking forward to? Are you looking forward to the theoretical fight island still being used, even though we might not even need it anymore? Yeah, man. It's sounding like that's getting dampered for sure the past couple of weeks, which is a good thing. I mean, ultimately, best case scenario for the world and even for fights fans, obviously, is that we don't need it because that means a lot of things will be going uh, mm, the proper way. Don't tell way, Dana so that, though. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, selfishly, would I love to see you know their their version of Bodog on the beach? Absolutely, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see that. That would be fun. Selfishly, right? Yeah. Uh, as far as fights, it's interesting. It's a weird time. I'm warning people to just kind of temper their matchmaking, uh, their expectations, given the state of things, uh, and fighters not being able to, excuse me, put together proper camps, uh, still travel with a, a sense of uh, certainty. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I'm less down on the performances as we've seen so far. We, we've still seen some pretty good performances. But I think this weekend is going to tell us a lot um, as far as performances and a preview of what we're going to have for matchmaking for a while. I will tell you this. The wanting to step up is very admirable. And that, to me, was really nothing uh, better exemplified than one of my friends, Gabe Green, he's going to be taking on, uh, I was with D-Rod over here also, kind of two SoCal guys are going to go face-to-face. And 
uh, I couldn't be happier because I felt bad for D-Rod because he's training over with like Donald Cerrone and all these guys, Joe Schilling. And he he was mid-flight when they said that uh, Holland was out. And I was like, fuck, that's going to be a terrible thing to see in the media when you get off that flight. That's going to be terrible. And he was bummed and he goes, eh, hopefully they find a replacement. Three hours later, uh, a guy who's an undefeated guy out here in SoCal who's just been tearing it up uh, volunteers to come in. And I can't tell you how excited I am about that fight. I was like, how did we fall into that fight? That's an amazing fight. So, you know, it's a little columns of A and B where I'm happy that some of the guys who were going to step up might get the shine that they may not have gotten elsewhere. And I'm kind of, you know, temper expectations in terms of like, listen, we're all doing what we're doing to get by. Good for them. It looks like there's going to be four or five different cards that they're going to try and put together over the next month and a half. So that's good. I just always wonder, especially when you're on the other side and you have to see this week after week. You know, is there anyone that's getting you excited? Because after losing Khabib and Ferguson, that's one that people just kind of go, uh. Yeah, man, that kind of killed it for me, uh, to be honest. Um, uh, That being said, as far as interesting matchups go, uh, the eventual one from that will be exciting when it gets matched up eventually, which will be Gaethje and uh, Khabib. Um, I'm not even, you know, I'm so over the welterweight drama series. I I feel like they just (laughs) need to get that picture moving and just pair up Edwards and Usman. And, you know, these guys like these, the McGregor's and Diaz of the world, they can fight each other or generate, um, generate interesting fights, you know, on their own. I guess one that just recently got announced before we, we, we jumped on here guys was Peter Jan versus Jose Aldo for the vacant, vacant Bantamweight title. Um, obviously that's going to be, uh, that's going to spark a lot of feelings as far as whether mm-hmm. it's deserve it or not. Obviously Aldo's great. Obviously he doesn't deserve a title shot though. Um, that being said as a matchup, that's pretty, pretty darn exciting because Aldo has shown that, you know, he, he can compete for three rounds at least, um, at the bantamweight level and, uh, Peter Jan, he's a hardcore and analyst favorite. There's, there's nothing not to like about him. Agree. Well, I think what we're going to do, we're going to circle. We're going to start to wrap this up. Um, but obviously, you, you've you endeared yourself uh, to us here, especially in the fact that, listen, I've never seen Kevin get this excited about an article uh, tangentially <laughs> related to MMA, but enough where he was like, shut up, we're doing a whole episode on this. And I was like, all right, I guess we will. So it, it you, you really revitalized thank you him. all. <laughs> Thanks to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> just uh it's a dream come true this summer dude if if, if uh, honestly knowing that it did that for at least one person made made that article worthwhile if i uh, just it was able to trigger nostalgia and uh send you down the same rabbit holes that it sent me down um that makes it all worthwhile thank thank you guys that, that means a lot well why don't we go ahead and tell the people where can they find you where can they see you and uh you know let them know where they can get more of this good uh, you can find me on Twitter where I post everything there at Dan Tom MMA. Uh, you can always follow my podcast, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, at the PYN Podcast, and all social platforms. Uh, you can subscribe for free on Apple uh, Podcasts or uh, many other RSS podcast platforms where I break down fights, recap, do top five shows. And all those are also available on my YouTube channel, which you can also subscribe to for free. Uh, Daniel Tom MMA for that. Dude, thank you guys so much. This was such a, a fun conversation and uh, hope to chat with you guys uh, down the future because uh, uh, I re- uh, respect your podcast and respect you guys and the podcast even more now that I actually got to talk to you guys. 
I appreciate that. That's very nice. Kev, do you have any departing words? We'll be bothering you again soon. A uh, few articles get me to spur and be like, who's off the list? What's my five? Where are my 15? And thankfully, I, I was really uh, mentally checked out of some meetings, and this was something to think about. So we will uh, for sure be bothering you again in the future. But, but Verbal Tap fans, thank you so much to uh, Dan Tom MMA. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...